Ah, uh, yeah, I've I've been slow with everything because um not young, not old, forty six, you know, but old enough to remember computers <laughs> coming in. You're forty six? Yes, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, fuck off. You can't have it what? You're the uh, younger than me. Uh, that's not true. Oh so man, can I'm you see grey coming in here? <laughs> yeah. I've I've got the grey here. And here it's, it seems to, I think the Scots in me is, is ginger. And then the red. I can, yeah, I can see a little bit of red, a little bit of red. Um, I'm actually from a very, well, it's weird. So my, my dad's family are Irish. Mum's mm-hmm. uh, family are English. We right. all grew up in Wales. And, um, you know, on the Irish side, he allegedly had sort of dark hair. But we've all got blue eyes. My mum's family are sort of white blonde. You know, guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I had brown hair at one point. I've not had hair for so long. I've not had hair for longer than I had hair at this point. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of. It comes to us all. Don't worry. I, I, I'm on the way to that part. Oh, I'm, are you? I, I, I'm. If I'm not wearing the hat, I, I'm having to do. You know, I'm, you're rocking a black hat. It works. <laughs> it really, really works. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm just the, the one thing actually I'm doing, and I know this isn't really necessarily related, but um, I was on a shoot like ten years ago or something, and there was a it was near an allotment. And this mm-hmm. old chap came up and started chatting to us. They had his bike and this thing of vegetables, and he was bald like me, and I took his hat off, and he was very brown faced, and he had a perfect white circle on his head. I was like, oh no, don't do that. So when I'm walking about in the sun, I sort of like every half an hour, I take it off for, for a 15 minute top off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just to sort of balance out. And um, that's the kind of stuff you got to think about, you know? <laughs> that you don't want to think about, but you have to think about it. Yeah, yeah. you have to, you have to. Um, at one point, I had a little, you know, the little semicircle at the back. Oh, the monk. Little, um, yeah, I had like a little caftan in there in the, in the shape of the semicircle. Oh, you mean, sorry, at the back of your the actual the cap? Yeah, yeah, with, with the little strap joints in it. It's just, you know, it should be a user manual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should all come prepared with one. So where are you originally from then? Cardiff, Wales. You're from Cardiff? Yeah, I'm nobody gets that. Wales. Yeah, yeah. Because when I, when I first heard you speaking, I mean, I think it was one of your... Uh, Oh, it must be a couple of years ago. I think it was during COVID. You were kind of, it was like a Christmas message you were giving to everybody. Um, oh, yeah. And I remember that. And that's the first time I heard your voice. And that's not what I was expecting. Uh, I've been telling my wife you're from Finland. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, well, the name is, for a start, it's not a Finnish name. but um, No, it's not. This is where I got confused. No, I, I used to say, people used to say to me, oh, what's with, the, and especially in Wales, especially in, I came from the, the most Cardiffiest, Cardiffy type neighborhood you could come from. Mm. I always say that Cardiff people kind of sound like um, Scousers in a way. I suppose it's because a lot, a lot of Irish there as well. Yeah. In and they're sort of a Scousy sort of sound to it with a Welsh twang. Mm-hmm. And um, they're very different to the rest of the world. And uh, the neighborhood I grew up in, um, I could do the accent actually, I think. And, was very. I to, I live in London. So to people in London, I describe it as the Welsh Hackney. And, the Welsh um, Hackney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the right. Welsh Hackney. And um, anyway, uh, 
if they said hello to you, they'd say safe. Like, are you safe? So they'd say, safe, oh, uh, safe, and that was a goal, isn't it? Right, say, okay. boys. And I remember passing a big group of them one time, sort of proper gangsters, but they knew me, local types. And um, one of them said, uh, oh, safe, and I said, oh, safe, boys. And um, somebody at the back of the line of thugs said, who the fuck's that? And the one at the front who knew me said, oh, don't worry about that. That's Andy. He talks funny, but he's one of us. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> he talks funny, but he's one of us. He's, oh, I, I fucking talk funny. Listen to yourself. Yeah, yeah. But that was the neighborhood. You know, that's just the neighborhood. It's sort of like, um, it's the equivalent of a a Ned, like a Glasgow Ned. It's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, Chav. It's like, Ned. Yeah. yeah. I know what you mean there. Yeah. So Scotland's much the same. It's... Even in as, as small as kind of Midlothian, uh, I think we're South Midlothian. Um, but even if you go to East, uh, you know, West, whatever it is, or through to West Lothian, it, it dramatically changes the closer you get to Glasgow. Uh, and obviously the higher up you go as well. It's, it's it's a strange one. I lost most of my Highland kind of, uh, my twang when I moved down here. So Oh, was, you, were, you were from the Highlands originally? Yeah, yeah. So it was from a wee place called Plockton. It's up near Sky. Oh, it's, wow. It's, you know... That's at the top. <laughs> that, yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's, it's, it's mainland. But yeah. um, there's, a, there's a famous castle that everyone talks about, Elan Donnan. I don't know if you've ever... I, okay, the Highlander castle. That's it, that's exactly... Yeah, yeah. 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 Conor McLeod. Yeah. What a man. Conor McLeod. <laughs> so, yeah, my, my village was literally just over the the mountain from there. Yeah. And Talking now, about Celts that don't sound Celtic, there's another one, Christopher Lambert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found that bizarre because you had Sean Connery, yeah, Scotsman playing a Spanishman. Yeah, he <laughs> and I was, was Christopher Lambert. He's French, isn't he? Mm. And he's playing he's a French American, I think. Right, um, he's got the biggest foreheads on the planet, and he's got and it's square, it's so <laughs> square. It's I mean, apparently that weird stare that he's got is because he he literally can't see without really super thick glasses. So in all the films, you see him sort of doing that stairs because he can't see fuck all. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> he just can't see. And um, I think that's, that's a great story. I don't know how I know that. I'm not a big fan. Um, oh, I like the Greystoke thing. He did that really well. The Legend of Greystoke. Mm-hmm. Highlander, number one. Good film. The rest of the yeah. stuff. And let's just, you know, forget number about two, it. I, I, don't, I don't think I finished number two. I don't think ah, I did. And I the story one was just... I saw it in a movie, I think, when I was a teenager or late teen, and it, I just, with a, uh, with a friend at the time, we just looked at each other like, how on earth did they fuck this up? Yeah, the first one was so good, though. So it was good. good. man. And the soundtrack as well was fantastic, and then, like you say, they introduced those, they didn't need to go and explain it. And Yeah, I, I they're all from an alien planet, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I, that's where I kind of jumped off, and I thought, oh, I'm out. Thank God we've got I was help. just kind of hoping that Bobby Ewing would like get out of the shower at the end and reset the whole fucking thing, tell us it was a dream. <laughs> it was just a dream, yeah. <laughs> it's a dream. Oh, it's Bobby Ewing. Thank God, thank God. Yeah. No? It's, it's now like we know that. it was just a dream. Yeah. You could call it, it was a side effects of the quickening. That's that's all it would be. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Quickening. <laughs> um, wow. I wanted to chant I've been sort of watching what's been going on with the, this, the new... The Loch Ness exploration that you've been setting up every week and every few weekends mm-hmm. at the Loch. I love the little maps of 
where everybody's meeting. I love the little live feed, and I know it's a tenuous area for live feed, but oh, you know, it's not the best. Yeah, that's that's a given. You know, nobody can be blamed for that apart mm. from the Highlands. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, I was very interested in it because you know Loch Ness, I think, for cryptozoology uh, guys, and especially for lake monster guys, and even though I've just done a book about sort of Bigfoot type creatures. Really, I'm a lake monster kind of guy. That was my beginning. That's where yeah. my mind's always focused. And I speak to Scott Mardis on, you know, um, from the Zombie Plesiosaur Society uh, all the time before his death about lake monsters. Why are there many lake monster groups? Yeah. There's, there's four or five you yeah. know, reasonable ones. And there's about a thousand Bigfoot groups. Yeah. And um, it just seems like the kind of subject to me that that once you're in it, once it's got you, you just can't get away. I mean, when I've been at the lock, I could look at that water for like 10 hours oh, and not even feel bored. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very, very captivating. Um, and it doesn't have to be blistering sun. You know, it, I actually prefer Scotland, uh, even the lock, when it's a wee bit dreary, a wee bit grey, yeah. a bit foggy. There's, a, there's, a bit of fog. Uh, there's so much atmosphere up there. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and everyone, sceptic, believer, whatever it is, Everybody looks at that water. If you're driving on either side of the, the lock, mm. everyone looks. But you're right, there's, there's not many groups at all. Um, I think that's kind of why um, I considered starting it. And then I, I know it's very, very small at the minute, and it's, it'll be baby steps before we get to where we want to be. Mm. But we've all got to start somewhere. But you are right, there's loads of, of groups of, of you know Bigfoot, Yeti, whatever you want to call them. Um, but there's not for lake monsters. There's not at all. Um, and as far as Steve's the only one that's there, constant. The only I know you'll get individuals that will go mm. again, like Roland, um, but not an actual set group. And that's where I kind of thought, you know what, that that might be an idea rather than leaving it just to. I mean, I'm just using Steve and and, and Roland here as an example. They've only got those eyes. It would be so much better if we had individuals around the yeah. place, like the original, you know, Loch Ness Investigation get an investigation bureau, sorry, yeah. back in the day, which got everybody so excited. But obviously that that died down. That died down a lot. And people aren't as interested in it as they used to be. So part of me, I, it was almost like a fear as well. I didn't want that to end. Mm. And it got to the point where I I I watched all these documentaries and thinking, what do I do now? Like I, I need to see more, and that's kind of what drove me to do it. Thinking, why am I waiting? It's on my doorstep. Why don't I just yeah. go up there? I'll try and start this group to see if anyone wants to join in with me. Uh, and I've, I've been pretty blessed that people have taken an interest into it, which is good. It's 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 getting there. Well, I yeah, I think it's a great idea. The whole point, and I I concur with what you're saying there. That for a long time. You know, the Dick Rainers, the Adrian Shines, they sort of retired now, those guys. Yeah. They've come to their conclusion. They did their work. But, you know, let's give it to them. They did decades of work. Oh, yeah. Well it's done. And, yeah, I mean, I, would, I don't think I could sustain that level of, um, of activity in one location. And they've done it. And yet, there's something about the log for a long time to me that seemed like something that, that happened and isn't happening anymore. And like I say... Steve is there, but he's just the main guy, and everybody else is mainly a tourist. Yeah, you know, coming along and trying to catch a glimpse of something, or the cursed um, camera, which we won't go into just just now. Um, I, I, on my notes, right? 
I've circled in it. Try not to talk about that fucking webcam. <laughs> <laughs> but we yeah. will. We, we, we will discuss it. Obviously, we have. We to. will. I mean, we, we will. Have and to. in the the politest terms, I mean, I understand why it was first set up. Yeah. By Mika, is that right? Is it Mika? Yeah, that... Mika. Um, oh God. Yeah, that's his name. It is his name. Yeah. Forget his name. Carla or Carla. Um, and you know, great idea. Fantastic. A bit far. But at least we can have a look at the lock. Well done, thanks. And in my early days, I would get on the spend an hour and just go, you can't fucking see anything. <laughs> okay, is that is that a boat? Is that a boat? And then yeah. I just got bored and thought, well, I don't know what I'm looking at, basically. And uh, It's that bad. So leave it. Now, of course, for the newspapers, you know, that's a great boon because anybody who reports something goes onto the register, or at least it gets submitted. It yeah. makes the papers. We've got another nice exciting, that's great headlines. You know, I send stuff to the newspapers. I've, I've nothing against that. You do need something to grab people, mm. but preferably mm. something that's real, not just a sensational headline. You know, something that you, that's got some substance to it. Yeah, so absolutely. there it is. You know, fair enough. But with you guys, anyway, I thought it's starting again. The Loch Ness exploration is starting again. All you need is a guy like Alan who's organising people. Before you know it, there's there's a conduit for people yeah. to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's it is yeah, and it's. I, I remember I was really nervous about doing it because um, we've had many discussions about this. You know what qualifies as a a Loch Ness expert? I mean, the, mm. there's so many different areas to talk about. It could be the, you know, the biology, the geography of it, the history of it, just the lore or the mystery, anything like that. Roland is amazing for. Mm digging up all this stuff and 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 we we need to give him credit for that he he is a, the guru when it comes to kind of information oh, yeah. and like I, I i've spent hours on his blog just reading th even things that i've read before i go back and i read them again it's just it's crazy um but touching on what you said earlier with you know we're standing on the soldiers here of of adrian of steve mm. and and I know he gets a lot of stick, but Dick Rayner as well. That that man has massive amount of knowledge. Oh yeah, and he's actually he's actually I was really hard on him in the beginning, but he's, he's a as, a, as a fanatic. Now what four years in, looking back at the work he's doing, I'm like, you know, you could say that part of his livelihood, I suppose, is based around the, the Loch Ness monster, and to yeah. constantly debunk actually is kind of a brave thing. Oh, totally. I mean, you know, it's even, a brave thing. Even his own footage. Um, mm, yes. Among that, is that is, I always get this bird wrong. Is it Megansers? Oh, yeah, something like that. The water bird. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll call it that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that takes balls to come out and, and, and yeah. challenge everything. And I think he's done the right thing because otherwise you'll get people <laughs> like individuals on the webcam who mm. will scream every tiny wee bump or every bizarre yeah. wee thing and that's not good that's not healthy at all every uh, errand kayak <laughs> i didn't want to see it <laughs> <laughs> there was but, that one that was definitely a kayak steve felton reported he spoke to the people who were in the canoe <laughs> yeah, yeah it was it was a canoe or a paddleboard whatever Something, it was thing and got a timestamp. you know for the time they were there yeah yeah but no no, that wasn't there. No, that that must be that CGI. Quite clearly, yeah. that, that must be that. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's 
I think, I think, and, and you know yourself, you've been doing this for years, to go in blind, I think, is the worst mistake to make. I think if you mm. go in with an open mind, um, and I, I'm working my way through, you know, what's his name again? Nick, Nicholas Winchell, and, you know, you've got... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Holiday and, and, and Stuart Campbell, all those kinds of things. Yeah. I'm trying to get a nice balance of you know, the, the sceptics uh, and who believe and stuff like that. And yeah. I 100% do believe that's why I'm there. But I also think it's important to to record and film all these occurrences where yeah. it was almost a way to, to back up but challenge what the sceptics were saying at the same time. Because um, a lot of us will just take their word for it. Mm. That, that annoyed me now and again. I'm thinking, oh, great, this sceptic or he or she, whatever it is, um, have seen these occurrences, but nobody else has. So again, this is why I think it's really crucial when we're up there, we, we film these wee things as well, so we can we can say, right, put that to bed, so we know that that's a natural occurrence. Well, absolutely. I mean, even the the um, even the monster imposters need validation. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing sometimes I think we, we often forget. On the sceptical side of things sometimes, there's something of a... How do I put it? Uh, it's disparaging. There's a disparaging sentiment underneath many sceptical um, theories and, and debunking of certain things in the, in the sense of wrapped within what they're saying is, if you believe this, you're a bit of an idiot. Yes. And if you don't accept what I'm saying, it's because you just don't agree with science or something like that. You know, there's I know, many I'm... ways to say it. And sometimes the point is correct. But... I always think, you know, if your if your theory is good, and if you're even if you're debunking if the theory is good, you don't need to put anybody down, you know, to, yeah. to get their assent. Because if it makes sense, you'll you'll get them on board eventually. And uh, that's one of the things I think I've learned over these five years, as well as this really steep uphill uh, learning curve in perception. Yeah. Yes. Really, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> rock climbing at points i've got the, the guide rope on and everything and uh yeah i've learned to sort of look at my own preference where i was completely blind on this woodlock nest because i was such a late monster fan yeah and sort of kind of passionate in the beginning and sort of very um uh philosophically emotional about it you know believer sort of that kind of thing and now Absolutely. i'm at the stage where um i don't think it's right for me to believe in a in a faith sort of sense yeah i don't have the right to sort of i've just got to got to look at what's there and say okay well it seems like this or could it be that and yeah be the scale you know yeah absolutely it's um like i say it's, it's healthy to do it i mean i think it was was it neil gemmel um the researchers from um new zealand mm. he kind of summed it up you know prove god's real no do you still believe of course i do it's things like that. If you've got enough faith and passion about something, um, even if someone shows you there's no evidence, you will still go on, you will still pursue that. Mm. But because we can't prove that it doesn't exist, I think that's one of the main things that I, I grab onto a lot, thinking, well, I understand the sceptical point of view and I understand the, the science behind it, but there, there's still this cluster that they, they cannot explain. And Witnesses. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, huge amounts, and they're not liars. I'm sure that there there will be some in there that have been proven to be liars and hoaxes and stuff like that, and they've, and they've been named and shamed. But there's this 
like I say, this group of people who are completely genuine, who didn't believe, who go up there thinking, what a load of rubbish, I'm just here for the pictures and whatnot. And then they come away thinking, Jesus Christ, I've seen something in here that that I can't explain. And mm. I'm sure it was, was it not Robert Rhymes when, uh, oh God, what was, was it his wife? I think they were there. And the, I, I, I may be wrong in this story, so I apologise if, if this is back to front. But I'm sure that they arrived there and Robert was, was wanting to do you know, his investigation, he wanted to do these experiments, and his wife, I think, was kind of thinking, what a load of shit, like, what a load of baloney. But then I think the both of them had an encounter. And mm. I'm sure it was his wife that turned around and said, honey, you take as long as you want. You've got to find out what that is. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's things like that. Um, and my wife's the same. She thinks it's a load of crap. She, she's just not interested. She's next door with two doors closed. She was like, I don't want to listen. I don't want to listen. <laughs> But there was a time when she was coming through, driving through uh, Loch Ness, and there's a, a Boynes with, with Nessie. Oh, on, yeah. And she panicked. She was like, <gasps> So even <laughs> she was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So you're, you're not always a skeptic. There's no such thing. No, no, not a true skeptic, because everybody, um, everybody secretly inside them knows that life isn't fully explained and the world is fully discovered. And one of the things I realized that even in our own land, we've not fully explored the whole thing. You know, 6.8% of the land is is covered in urban sprawl. I mean, the, the, the British Isles are the um, United Kingdom. 1.9% uh, of Scotland. We've got 31,466 lochs and lochens. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, a lot. And I bet there's a lot of them don't even have names. Oh, well, they don't. I can them. say that for a fact. There's a few locks that just don't have names at all because they're so isolated. Uh, people won't go to them. I mean, you're doing new in rows. Me and my wife do a lot of in rows. Um, you know, I've I'll look and be like, oh, what's the name of this one? And it's it's not on the map. So it's mm. you're absolutely right. I mean, anything could be kicking about and stuff like that. It, it's it's really fascinating. And Scotland is the place for that. It's and Wales, I dare say as well. You've got the oh god, what are they called down there, the mountain range. Oh, the Snowdonia and... Um, um, You've got national yeah. parks and stuff like that. I mean, there's and, yeah. loads of beautiful things down there. Um, but not just isolated to the UK. I mean, there's species getting discovered almost on a daily basis. And it's it's pretty incredible. I mean, that's the thing that really grabs me, is that when they discovered the, or finally confirmed the Billy Ape mm-hmm. oh, so yes. long ago, oh. this is like a gigantic chimp. Yeah, you know the lion killers. The, the story was around for so long, and suddenly there it is. This thing, and you, if you think of where they live, it's impenetrable. Like yes, nobody's discovered. Nobody's nobody's walking off into that jungle mm-hmm. hoping to get something. When you mount an expedition like that, it's short, it's direct. Yeah, you don't just wander off into the bush hoping you're going to find something and find your way back. Yeah, you know. <laughs> You can get lost easily enough in the small forest we have. And I think it's just a weird thing. We've got Google Earth. We zoom in and see these places. And like, oh, yeah, we know what's going on. We don't know what's going on, even nope. in our own land. I think we discovered a new species of grass snake here recently. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, okay, it's a subspecies. It doesn't matter. It's still. It's new. Right. Yeah. It's in Britain. It was always here. But. There you go. It, it exists. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure the, the adder is the only kind of 
Any poisonous snake. Yeah. yeah. A venomous snake. Yeah. They're very small. They're, they're, they're small snakes, but there's... Like a meter. meter long or something. Well, actually, yeah. I don't even know as big as that. But that goes to show that how long has that been here? It's unnoticed. It's, it's yeah. crazy. And mm. if you turn that attention to the water, mm. the oceans around the world, that, that scares me. Like, I'm petrified of water that I can't see the bottom of. So you can understand... Yeah. Oh, you're hate Loch Ness. Thing. Oh man, you've no idea. It really freaks me out. There's you prefer a. Prefer to be on the shore. Yeah, I'm. Not, I will only go on a boat that is. I don't know. I mean, people say that Ness is supposed to be what anywhere between you know 15 to 30, 40 feet, yeah. whatever you want to call it. I will go on a boat big enough for that. I won't go on anything smaller. That that would no. freak me out. I wouldn't go in a kayak. I wouldn't do a paddleboard. So I'm definitely yeah. not going to be in the webcam. <laughs> you'll never see me. <laughs> you'll never ever see me. But there's a, there's a horrible bit. It's beautiful, but it's horrible. Um, about the wee pier um, from Arcot Castle going into the bay. Oh yeah. There is. I'm sure I actually replied to this comment. There's a comment on Roland's blog where a, an individual was um, describing the amount of fear. And this uneasy feeling while walking on to that that pier. Oh, I'm sure yeah, I've yeah, read that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm sure it's all psychological. But, well, mm. it must be. Um, but I I get the exact same feeling. It's it's and I was down there recently, oh, yeah. and I refused to walk onto the. <laughs> the really. Oh, no. I've been um, on two occasions. I've been right next to the lock at night, several hours in the black, and it's completely black. Nobody understands that. Oh, you didn't even know this is a busy tourist area. There's a few twinkling lights off in the distance. Yeah, but it's it's a pristine environment. You know, it's completely black. Yeah, and just sat there next to the water for for a few hours, thinking I can't see the water, I can't see my hand, I can't see anything. <laughs> so if something wants to just sort of come up right now, it'd be goosed. And if it's a real creature that could possibly be carnivorous, most likely living in that sort of um, environment. Mm -hmm. used to say it wouldn't take a person now that's Oops. not been recorded but maybe it's because it's just good at taking people yeah. <laughs> we've never seen it and when you're in the moment those things pop into your head don't they like, oh man like okay I'm, I'm here now uh, yeah. I've got to stick it out I'm hoping to see something although this is a bit insane because I can't see anything anyway yeah <laughs> and um yeah anyway you know it's just one of those things I think it's um the one thing that a lot of people are puzzled by actually is the is it resident in the loch does it move between the loch you know loch um oi loch um lochy uh, etc and so on or through the river ness and in the beast of britain book i wrote sort of beast goes west beast goes east sort of injunctions of how it could possibly move out to the sea yeah and it didn't seem really that easy you know, there's there's sightings in all of these other lochs and places seems to be a definite, definite block between the west side at the very end there near Loch Gary. Yeah. And um, I think it's at the um, Loch Lagan. Where is it now? I've got it here somewhere. Is it Loch Long? Loch Locky? Loch uh, it's, I think it's probably yeah, around about Loch Locky. Always, always. Uh, let's just have a look. Uh, yeah, OK, so you'd be there for the Logan Locks. Yeah, where we'd get it would get kind of difficult. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there's, there's a lot of land in between them as well. Mm. So, I mean, is... 
is it possible i'm wondering you know i mean yes. if you can move across land in that kind of blackness the mm. blackness i saw i walked along the river oikit at night as well mm. just to see if i could see anything if it was that that environment available and um again i thought well if something was there splashing about in the water yeah. i wouldn't see it you wouldn't so see is it. it a possibility I think so. Um, I certainly do. I mean, the, a couple of my favourite accounts are actually on land. Mm. Uh, the, the Margaret Monroe case, I think it's 1934. Um, the last observation when we were there, actually, I, I took um, Stuart and Brian to Fort Augusta side and I kind of took them mm. to that roads where she had that site. And, um, I think it was on the right-hand side of the loch. Um, are you aware of the, the account where she, it was, she was a maid for the house? And she was watching this huge creature, almost like <laughs> like sunbathing, almost on the side. On the, um, on the right hand side of the loch in Fort Augustus. Yeah. So not on the River Oi side, on the on the other side. On the other side, yeah. So okay. if I understand that the I know what that is, yeah. Yeah. So it's just there. I mean, it's a great account. It's really good. And then a lot of people ask, well, why didn't you wake up your, your employer? But she was fairly new into the into the role and I get that I get where she was coming from um, so yeah I, I think it's entirely possible that, the, that whatever is lurking mm. in that water quite clearly can come on land and a lot of people see the land accounts are, are bullshit and that they're free to make that conclusion that's up to themselves and you know that's their opinion but there's another one as well where I know you were talking about the castle and I'm sure it's Arthur Coplet where it was 1960s, early 60s, where the same thing happened. He was he was approaching the castle walls and he described a, a sound almost like a an, an, an asthmatic. Oh, yeah. Mm. But like clearly, a wheezing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and you could hear it was almost like kind of eating on, on the shrubbery around it, wherever it was. And he never saw anything, but the, the person he was with saw something, you know, retreat, eh, not retrieving. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Retreating. Retreating, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's the other way around, back into the water. So I, I think, yeah, I think these things probably can come out. And I think they probably do come out more at night time. However, that would then mm. contradict the Margaret Monroe story because it was broad daylight and it was sunny. I think with all animals, though, um, it may just make it a, a sort of a really typical example. Mm. I live in London. There's foxes everywhere. Mostly only seen, but see them at night. Occasionally yeah. you see one in the daytime. Not yeah. often, but it happens. It does happen. Animals just, you know, they're also, I would imagine, individuals. Each, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. individual Loch Ness monster would be its own type in a yeah. way. And um, you know, you've got, uh, I was going to say, you've got good bears and bad bears and gentle bears and no, I, I know, aggressive I bears. And I, don't think I just think you know, sometimes you've got to think of it that way as well. Yeah, if there was one, um, I, I've never been a believer that there's just one. Um, I, I think there's going to have to be several, if not more, of these things. And like you say about the foxes, you can totally apply that to an animal that may be empty. Yeah. Um, that's it's you know it's quite happy to pop its head up during the day, mm. but there might be another one saying, "Oh no, 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 I'm too sensitive to light." Yeah, so, yeah. To the dark depths. I don't like the noise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's actually one of my arguments as well about um, why there may not be so many neck and heads sightings anymore. Now I know there was always a road around Loch Ness, um, 
But if you think about it from from back then, and I know there's been sightings, you know, for hundreds of years, but mm. everyone always seems to claim that it kicked off at 1930, no. early 30s. It's been going on a lot longer than that. But that kind of seemed to explode. Mm. And, I mean, you'll see yourself from, from you know, from old videos or old papers that there was barely light pollution. There was no traffic. There, mm. was, there was nothing. There was no busy tourists. There was no boats. Boats streaming up and down with the big noisy engines. Absolutely. Um, so to me, that's quite a strong argument to why there may not be mm. that type of thing. Because, pardon me, if, if, if an animal, if you go into an animal's environment and you change it, it has to adapt. Yeah. So, and I've always kind of thought that. That's maybe why. That, that. that makes perfect sense to me that as the lock has become busier and busier, or yeah. was it something like 250,000 visitors a year? Oh, it's crazy. You know, that big um, cruisers. And, uh, and other boats as well streaming up and down the lock all day long every day and really if it did have to come up and take a breath if that's what it's doing it, that water is kind of choppy it's it's hard to distinguish anything you could easily just pop its head up above the parapet yeah. slightly and back down again that's it well it yeah. was like I, I don't know if you saw my the, the recent video that i posted about the the boat that was caught in the really bad weather there no there, that splash that i heard was Unreal. It was, I really wish there was someone, I wish Stuart and Brian was with me so they could have heard it too because I distinctly, you really distinctly heard this a huge. Oh, wow. Yeah, like a, like, a, like a plunge. Yeah, it was honestly yeah. so, so loud. Wow. But there was no, this my camera on my phone, sorry, did not pick it up because I think it was so windy as well. Mm. The weather conditions are really poor and bad. Um, but as I've panned to my right, you could see the spray. Of, I'm, I'm not saying it's a whale, but it, it, it sounded like that when a whale yeah. reaches and then, mm. and you get that puff of, you know, the spray that came yeah. across. And I caught it, and I, my my reaction is very genuine. I'm like, what was that? What's I going on? That. No, I'm gonna have to have a look at that after this now. It's really interesting because then seconds later, I saw the exact same behaviour when it was hitting the boat, which is a solid object. And I was oh. there for hours, and Roland pointed this out, so thank you, Roland, that I was there for hours, and I did not see that behaviour at all. I didn't see that phenomenon, that natural, mm. the waves were high, the wind was really fast as well, but I did not once see anything else on the lock that day, apart from that moment, and then when I saw the boat as well. It was so interesting to, to compare the two. I mean, the stories, um, obviously, including the Alistair Campbell one, it's all about them. Um you know, hearing the boats before they come and then witnesses have seen them yeah. describe that big splash. So, I mean, that makes perfect sense. We can't say what it was, unfortunately, yeah. but it's got to be something. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, unless there's a big, big old seal hiding in the lock at the moment, which <laughs> is not a great explanation because normally they're very visible seals, aren't they? Yeah. Well, they're, they're friendly, just, but they're not. I wouldn't say seals are not shy animals yeah i wouldn't yeah. say so i mean I've, I've visited that lock a lot and, and even inverness and i have seen seals in the river ness that are going out to the sea i can see them and they're really curious animals they will pop up and there's a bit of dry patch and again i've seen them there's, there's wee you know these tiny wee islands on the river especially when the river's really low yeah i have seen that so it, you are right it is possible it's a very boring um idea personally for the Loch Ness Monster but that's people aren't stupid I mean we're we've all got a wee bit of knowledge on 
we know what a seal looks like. Yeah, Your we... average person knows what a seal looks like. And even in even that in situation in... where you're hoping to see a Loch Ness monster, it wouldn't take very long for you to make a seal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes... You might be fooled, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Well, seals don't have the long neck. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, their head is attached to that, that body. Mm. It's... This, uh, that that's what annoys me about some of the skeptics that they'll tell you what you've seen without you being there um, and that pisses me off a lot now I understand why they're doing that because they're the, and as you say I don't yeah. discourage people but they're saying this is a possibility but it's thinking yeah. look mate don't insult me I, I know I mean, what animals look like you have to strike off natural candidates first it, it's normal but I have always found with the Loch Ness Monster in particular that the natural candidates are more of a stretch compared to the witness sighting than the sighting itself. And people come up with all kinds of things. So there's like, you know, a a giant eel, also an eel that's 30 feet long living in the loch that comes out into land or can sort of suspend itself above the water to look like a head and neck. Somebody's trying to convince me of that. I said, that's physically impossible for an eel to do. It cannot do that. What's holding it up? Yeah, you know that's all body. I I I looked into this a lot, and I, I I went all over the internet looking for eels traveling on land. Now it is true they do travel on land. You've seen yeah. them yourself, yeah. small rivers, or mm. but they won't go huge distances. They won't do it, and I think they'll only do it as a matter of either you know I, yeah. I need to get food or I need to go to A to B. But you are right. I, I've never once seen an eel pop its head up. And, and looking about, I, I just don't get that. I don't understand it at all. Not, that, not at that level, anyway. And mm. There's, there's the, the, the rounded boat, like back, you know, the upturned boat back, or the humps, and all yeah. these things. And you just think to yourself, what else could there be? Even yeah. here, once somebody mentioned, I don't know who this was, I can't ever remember who it was, that it could be a giant mud skipper, or the place you saw head and neck like appendage, right. as a lure. And I thought, how big is the fish it's trying to catch? <laughs> exactly. If you've got something 40 feet long with a lure like that, what else is in there? My goodness. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, but then uh, ghosts, portals, all these things that, you know, that when the skeptical debunking strays into the uh, unbelievable and the extraordinary, yeah. just to make it anything other than what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's that's a strange, it's a strange weird habit that we have as humans. Oh, it must have been this, and I'll I'll, I'll suggest something. Maybe it's aliens. Maybe it's a portal. Something that's yeah, yeah. so unbelievable and out there. Yeah, Could it, it be an animal? It's just escaped our attention. Or we've not been able to find in this murky, seven hundred plus feet deep it's, body of water. It is the best location in the world for hide and seek. You yeah. cannot see a thing. Yeah, it's just a nightmare. I, I now again, I don't want to disrespect anybody, but um, I, I don't follow the whole portal thing or UFO alien thing. I, it's that kind of enters the realms of Star Trek, and you well, know, we're going into the fantastical to explain yeah. something that's we don't even know what is there. Yeah. So, yeah. and I get it if that's someone else's passion. Fantastic, please bash yeah. on. Um, but I, I certainly don't. Subscribe to that. Um, don't devalue it, but I, I, similarly to yourself, I'm looking for animals. Yes, absolutely. Animals that, that are as so yet undiscovered, or we thought were extinct that may still be alive. Yeah, absolutely. That kind of thing. I mean, 
I mean, you'd probably be the same. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but I grew up thinking and wanting it to be, you know, to please you. So yeah, I think that's everyone true. wanted that. You know, that that's that was our hope. But as you get older, I, I think, yeah. oh, it's so disheartening to say because that's what I want it to be. But I know it's highly unlikely, which is which sucks. But uh, I mean, there's so many different sightings, there's so many different accounts and descriptions. Yeah. That's what I love about it. Is just it's never the catalogue from the years is so addictive. It's huge, yeah, yeah. No, it's huge, and it's probably one of the best. I mean, of course, you know, you have to, have to sift through the good and the bad. Yeah. Um, especially on the register, for example, which is a very, I would say, in a way, it's it's a very objective record because you're not making a judgment call on what the people have said they've seen. They're just recording the sighting. Fine, yeah. fair enough. Um. But it's it is probably the, the the best catalog of of a late monster sighting in the world. And then maybe after that you've got something like Ogopogo or, or Champ. But there's nothing that's as frequently seen and as, as looked for as this animal. Um yeah, I've got a, like a mixed relationship to Lock. I've only been there three times, uh, living so far away. Yeah. And um I remember when I first went there actually thinking that it was like a aging cryptozoological, cryptozoological Coney Island, you know, like a, like a, a knackered old fairground, you know, right. from another era. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. I get it. Now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's past it the by date. That's it. It's yeah. It was just something about it at that point. And they, I know they've done a lot of stuff to it since, but it was something about it that seemed like it was done. Yeah. Basically, I was going to like um, a museum of of sorts, but since then, in the the following visits, I feel more and more that there's still something to find, mm-hmm. and um, and we just gotta, you know, we just gotta get back into looking for these things. I think it's the same the world over because it's not isolated. You know, there's late monster stories all around the British Isles, not just Loch Ness, yeah, yeah. and also all over the world and. I think it's you know it's a it's an area that deserves more attention. Oh, absolutely, uh, and you are right. I mean, Loch Ness and, and I dare say Loch Mora as well. I, I think that I would love an expedition to go back to Loch Mora because it's mm. I know it's a lot more. It's a pain in the arse to get to. It is more difficult, and um, the terrain around it is nowhere near as accessible as like Loch Ness is. But the, the water is really clear. It's mm. beautiful and it's deeper than Loch Ness. Um, but it's I think that's where Adrian pretty, I'm sure he started off mm-hmm. there and then he moved his expedition to to Loch Ness, I might get that wrong again I, I apologise if, that, if that's definitely possible. went there, I don't know which came first but um, that's on my I, I'm aware of the inaccessibility and I think um, that's the best <coughs> chance of finding something it's got that direct sea inlet yeah. um, you know and that, that clear water would be fantastic well, so what's the um, What's the plan now with the group? You're going to get out there. Are you going to start um, increasing in size, putting up more observation posts? What's going to happen? Yeah, so what we're doing, Steve actually was, before I kind of went public with it, you know, I was, I was emailing Steve, I was emailing Roland, and, and, and I think I emailed Dick as well, just saying, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this. Mm. Um, you know, any tips, what direction should I go in? And, they all gave me their piece and they were all really amazing with it. You know, there's pros and cons. Um, the main was, the main one was, was um, 
what you're going to bring that's different. Mm. Now, that's a really difficult question to mm. to answer because it's I don't have it simply. I don't have that answer that it's going to be just good old fashioned eyesight. You're, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to be passionate about it. Um, and, and that's what I love about Steve, that he, he's, he's very passionate. Mm. And he's there and he's doing it. Um, and, and Roland's more of the, I'm trying to think, the why, the if, the how. Um, and again, I, t- I very much respect that. But Steve offered to me, if, if, if it was possible, what I was going to do, I, I've created some flyers. Okay. And I was going to give it to Steve. Um, and Steve, when he has, you know, there's people come up to, to, to his van and ask him questions and buy, and buy one of his models. If they were genuinely interested in that mystery, um, he would give them one of the flyers that we've created for for LNE, which I thought was a great, Fantastic, gift, yeah. which I thought was really nice of him. And again, I really thank him for that. So that's one thing you need to do. You need to print them off. But that's the direction we want to go, and we we, we want to grow. Um, and it's not about fame. It's not about money. It's just about getting all those people who mm. have that passion, who are all we're all there for one reason. We want something to be there we we need to find this it's like a cryptozoological co-op yes that's it that's exactly and what i've what i've noticed so far um, and i've never came across anyone that's been rude or disrespectful because they're all in the same boat and and i Mm. love that community and especially Loch Ness community it's good to challenge it's healthy to challenge to each other with respect but the the idea of it is yeah it is to expand is to have more than just one or two groups. It'd be fantastic to get what we had back in, you know, in the 50s and 60s. Mm. Um, I can't remember when it was disbanded. Was it the 70s? Yeah, the 70s. Uh, I don't remember the I'm really date. Back the it's a I'm question really for back. Jake. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, that's what we're hoping. And then I've been asking a couple of the guys, again, it's about promoting rather than seeking the fame. Um, I was going to make hoodies. Um, for all of us that who right. were on the site to wear these to say, right, that's them, that's the group, this is what they're doing. So it would promote other people to be interested in it. That, you know, eventually we could, it'd be great to have all those vans back with big cameras on. That'll never happen, unfortunately. But, you know, technology. Well, the cameras are a lot smaller now, I guess. But... Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, technology is changing all the time. So there's going to be ways we can do this. It's. It's not far fetched. It's on the doorstep. This is something that we are doing, um, and the way I see it, it's the only way we're going at the minute is we're going up. We're going to continue doing what we're doing, um, and like I say, man, we, we don't have any funding. We don't do any of that stuff, but we do it because we're passionate, and you are as well. And it's that's all we need at the minute as someone and some people who have that drive and are willing to do it. I and, think the people that are out there. Uh, Alan, and I think people are looking more than ever before for um, something, uh, an escape into something that yeah. interests them. Yeah. There's so much going on in the world that looking for these new discoveries again or um, rediscovering these old um, hobbies like messy watching and other things yeah. is good for you. It's good for the soul. You get outside. Absolutely. You get the chance to maybe have an experience. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you meet like-minded people who are not like your wife or my wife, <laughs> and acknowledge them. As you were saying, yes, and she just like. No, one, I, I used to say to her, uh, her name is Neely. I used to say, they're real, Neely. You know, they're really real. And she'd say, 
I know they're real, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? That's good enough for me. Yeah. That's good enough for me. Whereas my wife is just saying, you're a lunatic. <laughs> Absolute lunatic. Sorry, give me two seconds. There we go. That's better. Sorry. It was about to die. My laptop was about to die. Sorry. Oh, goodness. So what do you think about... Um, what do you think about the future of, of, of Loch Ness? Now, this, we've had these two years of the C word, the other C word, and um, you know I've seen nothing but sale signs going up and all these little hotels around there. I'm yeah. always tempted, but I never take the plunge. Oh, it's, we have seriously spoken about it, um, <laughs> but we have. Well, my our, our our day jobs. So we're social workers throughout the day. Oh wow. Love to be a full time. Oh, this is why you're so patient. You're just... <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. And I mean, it's an amazing job. It really is. Yeah. It's very difficult. Sure. But very, very rewarding at the same time. Um, you know, we're always looking. We we had a laugh the other day. They're thinking if, if we got a house up there, it's the Highland Council. They're always looking for social workers. So she can continue doing that, and I'll devote myself to. Oh, I'm sure there's plenty of work in Inverness. Oh, there's loads. There's loads. Yeah. <laughs> Loads. See, I'm really happy now. Just if if, if she yeah. could hear you saying that, that'd be yeah. great. <laughs> it definitely is. But there was a few things that came up, and um, my wife, she's from the Middle East, and uh, she moved here to London 15, 17 years ago, I think. And uh, yeah, about 17 years. And she's very. She was from Tel Aviv anyway, you know. So oh, she's wow. very cityfied. She's about this. She's a city girl, and even. <laughs> Moving to somewhere like Cardiff seems like the countryside to her. Yeah. <laughs> for, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not really up for it. So um, I think I've mentioned it. Was, oh, we could be next to the lake. It would be the lock. It would be beautiful for the children. They get all that fresh air. No sunlight, but they get fresh air. And... Um, <laughs> No, no, she's not up for it. And she's not up for it. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're used to that. We're, we're suburban. I say Edinburgh. We're just outside of Edinburgh. Okay. Um, but that's, we're used to that. And we, we, we rarely go abroad, me and Kim. So we, we're quite happy where we're at. Um, but in terms of Loch Ness, what's, I, I don't know what's going to happen to the place. Mm. Um, I was really worried about it through throughout COVID. Mm. Um yeah, I was really worried about, you know, the people up there and the industry and everything. And like everywhere else, it, it mm. didn't come it, unfortunately. Um, but that's another thing I can't stand as well. See when people comment, oh, it must be tourist season, there's been a sighting of Nessie, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, God, oh, Mickey. it That grinds my gear. It really <laughs> waxes me off. Because there's sightings throughout the year. And yeah. many of them won't be reported. So it, it really annoys me. Um, but yeah, it's just human nature, you know, and, and the internet's a giant conduit for, I almost imagine some people some days waking up like, life, <laughs> and then they switch on their social media and they see somebody personally and they're like, yeah, that guy, that's the one I'm going to smack today. <laughs> they press the button, <sighs> better, and off they, you know, try into the... He's, he's done his trolling for the 15 minutes. He's done now. his trolling, it's like stress relief, you've helped somebody get an up for the day, get on with things, that's the yeah. way I see it. No, whereas in the old days, I mean, I used to troll them back horribly, horribly sometimes, but not in a, not in a bad, like a mean or sort of a passionate way, and in a dispassionate kind of, you know, you're sweet, kind of reply, hearts, kisses. 
know. It definitely depends on how you're waking up in the morning. Yeah, and then if they yeah. come back with more insults, I'd just say, let's do lunch or something, or, you know. <laughs> but I, I don't know what's in store for for us. Um, I'll I tell you one person who, again, I, I, I want to keep mentioning him, because um, he does deserve more credit, is Dick's been so helpful. Yeah. And this is a guy that people claim who, you know, he's anti-Nessie, he's... <laughs> He's a skeptic. He's done his part, and a lot of people yeah. don't realise that he he was there from day dot with with investigation. He, I'm sure Dick wants there to be something there, but he's in the mindset of he mm. needs to debunk it to make sure that it's. I'm trying. I don't want to speak on behalf of him. Sorry. All I'm going to say is that he wants something to be there. Yeah, all, I mean, he's seeing five and a half decades of hoaxes and hyperbole, yeah. and. You know, we could forgive him for being a little bit skeptical. Of course, <laughs> you, yeah. know, well, you know, if I've been there for fifty years, I might start to feel that there was there was something alright. And that's a long time. And in the human mind, if you've not had a sighting in five decades, and he sails a lot too, doesn't he? He, he sails a boat there. Is he yeah. like um? Yeah, yeah, he's a skipper. He's a skipper. Okay, so for a like which which um is oh, it like it a tourist boat or? I think it was a small boat. It wasn't. I don't think it was a big, big boat. Okay. Uh, but he has his own boat. He, I'm sure he's still. Yeah. I want to say there's a, there's an allotment there at, at Temple Pier that he's still. Okay. Again, I, I, sorry, Dick, if this is wrong. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry, but, for, um, but he's, I mean, he's been a great guy. He's been really supportive as well. He's. he's I been was good. really, really rude to him at the beginning, and um, I've I've often contemplated over the years just sending him a message saying, "Sorry, Dick." <laughs> I was the dick. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So there was an afternoon where I, I met up with a guy called Simon, um, and we hit it off straight away. Like great guy. Like he, he again, he he's quite openly and say that he's ninety five percent skeptic, five percent believer. Okay. So was, this was really interesting when he came up with me, um, and I met him at doors. We actually spent more time discussing the topic than actually looking at the water yeah um, and don't get me wrong that was amazing i had a great afternoon with him he's a fantastic bloke um but that was interesting having someone like myself who, mm. who does believe and i'm with a 95 percent skeptic um but that was great it was that was a really nice balance yeah and this again that's healthy to have and if someone is a skeptic i mean they're kind of <laughs> almost being slightly hypocritical to themselves if they want to come along and sit for hours and hours and hours and watch the luck, but I'm not going to discourage that. Come no, on. Well, I think, you know, it's, what you hear, that's, it's that's healthy scepticism. You know, you're challenging it. Um, I personally, I think these days, you know, I don't mind what anybody thinks. If you come to the conversation genuine and without, without ulterior motive, yeah. then it doesn't matter what happens it doesn't matter what the exchange is because we're just exchanging ideas yeah. they could be different they could be the same and i think quite a while ago now, i realized that people don't have you don't i don't need people to agree with me to like them yes, you know? yes, yes. i like them anyway you know we just yeah. think something different about you know, x y or z yeah. and uh if that's the case i can just learn a, a little bit about their opinion we'd have to sort of like slug it out yeah it doesn't have to be and absolutely not i mean again that's there's, there's loads of things that I, I i disagree with with other believers and it's and I, i'll call them out on it 
and mm. I expect to be called out myself. Uh, and again, that, that's healthy to do that. And it's that's where the conversation comes from. Um, I, I love it when they, they kind of all gel together, even if it's, you know, if it started off negatively, we've all kind of started to see where we've been coming from okay. and add it together. It's a really nice recipe and, and where we're going with it. And I love when people come together as well and they investigate together. Um, I, 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 Rowland's going to hate me for talking about this and yeah. everything else. But there's that famous bit of, of I call it the famous bit of footage because to me it's the best video footage of the Loch Ness Monster. And it's from 1992. Um, you've probably seen it on Rowland's blog as well. That it was, it was from a camcorder. Um, and it's amazing. And I know a lot of people say, oh, it's just two wakes that are colliding. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> and I, I wish, I, I've, I've spoken about it for months yeah. to do a voiceover explaining what I can see so other people, it's so mm. frustrating that no one can see, well, I say nobody, but there will be people who understand what I'm talking about. It's like, nah, it's just, a, a, what's he talking about? What a load of shite. But that is so cool, that footage. You know, I've enhanced it, I've slowed it down. It's, it's, yeah. but Steve came in and he, he ended up finding these original clippings in his van off wow. that incident. Um, and it was amazing, it was great. There was messages back and forth privately and, and both kind of public as well. So that collaborative working again, that that's I'm, what I'm, did. Yeah, yeah, no man is an island, and sometimes what one person fails to see, another will we'll see. Um, I think. You know, it's a litmus test sometimes. It's almost, you mentioned about the narration or, or the pointing out, perhaps, you know, some arrows and things like that would help. But oftentimes, to me, and it's the same in the Bigfoot genre, once the circles and arrows come in, it means it's not plain to see. It's not bad to do it, but yeah. it's almost a litmus test to say it's not clear enough to definitively, yeah. you know, um, prove the... It's straight to the point. My, my wife actually said the exact same thing. So I was trying to, <laughs> what you've just said there, right? I was yeah. editing that as we speak. Not right now, sorry. Like the whole circle thing, I was going yeah. to point and point. And it was actually the, the non-believer next door who said, if you were in court, that's called leading. And I thought, yeah, oh, you're leading the witness. Right. Yeah. I, and I thought, shit, she's absolutely right. So yeah. I scrapped it and I thought, do you know what? That, I don't want to be that person. To yeah. say it's it's definitely not a paddleboard. That is definitely not a paddleboard. That's something else. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I, I stopped doing that straight away, thinking I don't want to be that arsehole who. Well, it's not that, that you just, it's been helpful actually trying to, to to point out to people what you can see, and I don't think it's it's bad in any way. I just, from my perspective, well, an evidential perspective, it fails litmus test of evidence because it needs to be. Well, yeah, yeah and once we get to that point. There was something funny on, on the Bigfoot side. I saw Jeff Meldrum give a talk about the Paddy footage. Um, and he'd had, he got hold of the original footage and had it restored. This is in um, uh, in Maine in 2018. And he made a really, really good point. And, you know, that footage is amazing with all the musculature moving Beautiful. underneath um, the head and the, the gait that can't be repeated, all of these things here. And he said, this is, some of the most disputed footage in the world and still not accepted scientifically yeah. as being bona fide and valid. Anything less than this is no evidence at all. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that really stuck with me. I thought, okay, that's where we are, you know, yeah. and whether it's the surgeon's photograph or or the footage you mentioned there with Roland and many other bits and pieces that have popped up over the years. 
a great Loch Ness village that's disappeared yeah. or has been shelved somewhere. None of it has ever been as definitive as that at yeah. any point. And yeah, it's, you know, it's a waterbound beastie, so it's a bit more difficult. It is that kind of. I was uh, going to suggest that. I mean, there's there's only a handful of of, of video footage that mm. I don't even use the word compelling. Hang on, sorry, Andy, my charger is about. To, I've plugged my charger, but I've got no, that's okay. <laughs> that. I'm so totally sorry. loose. <clears throat> Oh, uh, now in the dark. Okay. That's the lamp going? Oh, there we go, sorry. Fine, don't <laughs> I'm, worry. I'm rinsed up here, I have shorts on underneath, I'm sorry. Um, I didn't see anything. Thank um, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're like one of those newscasters. Let's see again, oh, One of the newscasters is all shirt and tie and shorts at the bottom, isn't it? Yeah. Just got my jammies on underneath that. So no, it's fine. It's fine. But there is, um, yeah, there's, there's only a small handful to me of of video footage that could be, I don't want to say compelling evidence, yeah. um, but that definitely that 1992 footage. I know the Bobby Pollock mm. footage is, is very rare to find. Um, you'll see a a brief clip of that in Legends End. Um, that that's really interesting. And what's the other one again that I really enjoy? And I disagree with Dick on this one. Oh, Ian Holmes. Is it Ian Holmes' page? Oh, that's what it's just below the surface. Yeah. Yes. You're traveling along. 95 or something like that, I think. Or 2002 also. 2007. Seven. Ah, 2007. Yeah. Okay. 2007. Um, I mean, it's yeah, he was really back in the papers again recently, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Because someone yeah. sketched yeah. whatever it was. I couldn't open yeah. it. I think her name was Rita who posted it. Um, I couldn't open the link up. I think it was was not the Press and Journal or something. Yeah, it was one of these subscription bits. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And uh, it is it is a really interesting piece of footage. And I know Dick says it's it's wind turbulence, it's a wind drone stuff like that. And mm. I get his argument for that. Could be. Thank yeah. you. Because we we observed a lot of that when yeah. we were last up there. But the problem with that is this object is very consistent. It's a, mm. a consistent speed. It's going in one direction. Okay. If you look at windrows and, and wind turbulence, it seems to be very sporadic. Yeah. And it's left and right. And it that, moves all over the place. Yeah. yeah. This thing does not. Um, so I, I think that's brilliant. And, and again, he, <laughs> he was up there, but he only caught it by chance. Yeah. Um, and that, to me, screws volumes as well. And it'd be great if, if, if we caught something when, when we were doing our observations. But obviously, that's the whole point. That's why we're there. Um, but I, 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 and getting back to what you said, that we could be looking in that direction and then Ness could pop up six feet away from it and you would never know about it. You would never know about it. So but that's the great thing about, about having all of those eyes and the right equipment is that you're just you're basically increasing the the, the chances that is it and that is it that's what we're looking for that's, that's what we're looking for people with the right equipment uh that can record footage that doesn't look like it's a mile away yes exactly you know and that's it's not like pixelated that makes you look like minecraft or something like that it's minecraft <laughs> there's, you know there's there's just there's just a lot of that and, you know you can't expect tourists popping up to an area to have you know like a huge lens for everything that they're, they're taking with them. But it is nearly impossible to photograph objects well from a quarter of a mile, half a mile away. 
yeah. unless you've got the right equipment. One of the things I, I think about Loch Ness, and I'm excited at the moment, so I think people like yourself bringing this interest back to people, creating a forum in which they can get involved and surround the area. Yeah. I think one of the things that, that could happen is with the right attention is it could spread you know, to other lake, lakes around the world as well, Absolutely. other lake monsters, even other cryptids. At the moment, um, I'm, I'm sort of mulling something over my head, which is, you know, we're in this weird environmental situation in the world. It's not exactly clear, but, you know, some habitats are becoming endangered. And I start thinking to myself, you know, will some of these things go extinct before we even find them? Yeah. You know, are That's we in that sort of situation? Maybe not not a lot less, but in other places in the world. And I think actually getting people interested in finding them creates almost sort of a tourist dollar appeal, which provides a protection of the habitat. Say, like a safety net. Yeah. yeah, like a safety net. And that would be a great thing, even if it's just adventure tourism where people want to go to Loch Ness or uh, to um, Lake Okanagan or any other place where the cryptids are supposed to reside and try to find it or, or look about respectfully, you know, in the area, not causing a, a mess or um, a deterrence. That could protect these areas. That would be a great, yes. great, great form of um, uh, speculative environmentalism. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like that. I like yeah. that. That's very cool. But you're right. It, it, it's, it gets them involved and yeah. it will continue to make people think. And there's nothing more curious than what if. Yeah. And no one can say for sure. But, you know, I mean, it's, I, I really like that. And I know you were talking about the, the Gimli and Patterson footage. I, I, the one guy that actually made me believe that footage was 100% genuine was a guy on YouTube called MK Davis. I don't yes. know if, like, I know that is, yeah. goes through detail of each frame of that and that blew me away. Mm. Like, I was like, that is a, that, that's a lie, that's a living creature. That mm. cannot be faked, what he was highlighting, what he was showing. And I know you were mentioning about the muscles. Um, it was almost like a hernia on, on the leg as well. Oh, there's something down there, yeah. I mean, Doug Hijack was but pointing it's, it's at the other day. And I, yeah. At the back. And I remember for years, everyone thought that it was carrying an, an infant yeah. at its front, but obviously that enhanced and instead it, it's, mm. two, it's two breasts. Mm. And you can very, very clearly see it. It's incredible footage. I mean, it's an odd detail to add. Um, there is a sort of a, a sub-detail to that, whereas... Patterson's book that he released, I think the year before, two years before, did have a drawing of a Bigfoot with breasts on it. Oh, I haven't seen that. That's a little bit sort of coincidental. Um, but that could be based on earlier sightings as well, uh, collected by John Green, in which I forget the name of the prospector, uh, the hunter, who'd seen a female Sasquatch with breasts around about that time as well. Wow. Um, it's taken me ages to find it now. <laughs> I'll, I'll put the name in the description, everybody. Um, yeah, yeah, but don't type uh, into Google. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it was, you know, it was that could have been based upon that. But then the correlation between his little Bigfoot pamphlet, a book with the the breasted Bigfoot, and then recording it seems weird. But on top of that, Planet of the Apes was out around about that time. They didn't have anything like that. No, certainly not. We didn't have anything like that. No and I think, you know, it's still 
still stands up. Well, one hundred percent. I mean, I, I am very picky when it comes to cryptozoology, um, and I, I, I get in trouble for that. But that's just my the way. Yeah. It's how I do it. I'm not saying that the rest are bullshit. It's just I'm more interested in others, whereas the other ones are like, I've not got time for that. I, I am very, very selective. Um, but Bigfoot is, is definitely one of them. Um, and like I say, yeah. lake monsters. And it is more difficult to, to do that kind of expedition and observation. So it's, it's easier to go into the woods with a camera, mm. you know. And, and just start filming about it's easy, easy to do that not saying that you would actually capture anything it's a lot harder to do that at Loch Ness whereas we, we are only looking at the surface mm. that's all we've got and that's the most frustrating part and it would be incredible if, if somewhere along the line that if someone was so invested in this with us mm. with our group that there was funding there to to get a boat and, you know, and to do these other bits and bobs of these experiments, and and who's to say that that might happen? And I'm, I'm hoping that happens, mm. but it's at the minute it's all about patience. It's all about you get some, yeah, get some submersible drones in there, sonar equipped. Yeah, I mean, you I know, pilot them around underwater drones. Mm. I mean, they're not cheap. So no, I mean, you'd have to have some real, <laughs> some real backing for that. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think it's it, it's an amazing thing that it could possibly be there. I I did a little study in in my book, actually my first book, uh, and a friend of mine collated some great information, and it was about nearly all of the sightings that are not Midloch being at the in near the Inver villages, the Rivermouth villages. Yeah, yeah I started yeah. speculating. Of course, that's where the the, the fish move the into fish. deeper water. It's easier to catch them. Yeah. Have you thought about sort of setting up at all these? We have. We have. We have. So that again, I always refer back to. I always feel bad that I, I feel like I need to almost say these things out before someone does me for plagiarism. Um, but there's only so much of Loch Ness we can talk about without getting into someone else's territory. No, you, makes sense. Yeah, we're all in it together, in my opinion. Um, I've always believed that that's where a camera should be placed, both mm. high up and both if you can, if you've got someone brave enough, the, yeah. swim out a wee bit where the mouth of the river is. Mm. Um, oh God, what's his name? McLean, the McLean sighting, where he saw the tail coming up as well. Oh, um, yeah, the, yeah. the beige white underneath. So I, I was there. Uh, I think it was my second time there, at that exact location. Um, and what was funny that someone had left the chair. I don't know why. <laughs> so yeah. it was perfect. I just sat there. That's nice. The morning. It was brilliant. Well, like a fold-up chair or something, or no, it was like a, a rocking chair. chair. <laughs> yeah, like a, I wish it was a deck chair, a rocking chair. Sorry, but it was just a wee like a garden chair. But okay. whoever yeah. left it, thank you. But uh, but yeah, even sitting there and, and having that going through my head, thinking that is a great idea because that's that's where if it was going to get the fish because we, yeah, we all absolutely. where the fish are in Loch Ness they tend to stay, they stay closer to the sides mm. of the loch rather than either in the middle or at the bottom they are there we know that yeah but fishermen all you know the locals they all know where that is yeah. and I I know we've got the sonars that are really really at the bottom of the loch I understand that but if it's hunting I think we need to be looking closer to the actual sides of the loch, mm. um, not even too deep. 
I think no. they're going to be wandering about at, at those sides of the lock where, you know, it's going to be shallow water, but still it's going to be lighter as well. Yeah, and, and it's, it's still deep enough to hide something huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the visibility is so so poor in that place. If, yeah. Even if it's a beautiful, beautiful sunny day with no clouds in it, you know, you're you're getting maybe fifteen. Fifteen max, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a yeah. push at that. Yeah, and it's just it's just black. It's it's darkness. You, you wouldn't see it. Um, I, I remember. I think it was my first time there where I was doing Arctic Bay. And I actually went through the Urquhart Forest, the wetlands there. Mm. That's beautiful, that spot. Yeah, and I actually had a dream. This is really weird, right? And I had a dream that it was it was during the time with the, the whole giant eel thing. Uh-huh. And in those wetlands, right, there's loads of wee rivers, tiny wee burns. Um, and it looks like something does slither around. Oh, wow. And it's horrible. It's really creepy. And I know it's natural. <laughs> and I know it's just being done by, by, yeah. by water. Um, but that was going through my head. Just the and water then, finding a way. Yeah, but there was a bit. That's exactly it. yeah. Sorry, it was like kind of mirandering around the trees. And stuff. Yeah. So if you're ever there again, you should visit. It's absolutely stunning. But there was a there was a bit where the river got really wide and really deep. But there was a fallen down tree, and I thought I can I can cross that, mm. and I did. But halfway across. Oh no. That that, <laughs> <laughs> that, that horrible dark peaty water was right mm. below me couldn't see anything and in the back of my mind all i saw was just something popping up and grabbing my leg and i've got a really <laughs> wild imagination i know and i turned back i turned back i actually wow. got a fright I thought, oh no i'm out of here sorry cheerio but when the weather died down i, I crossed over um, and th- i could even see loads of fish and there's a beautiful yeah. no there's i mean there's so much i don't know when people say there's not enough fish up there there's so much it's unbelievable no... anybody could even think that and i'm not talking yeah. about the fish farms out in the loch because that's sealed you know but yeah, yeah. just swimming about you just see massive trout and salmon all the time they're huge they're really big yeah. and then yeah. there's not there's not enough food and I disagree with that as well. And the the latest DNA, the eDNA story, yeah. showed that massive eel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, doesn't seem that Nessie was an eel. Um, and that really annoys me when the press got a hold of that saying, mm. there's a new It's a giant eel. And I thought, yeah. that's not, it's been along for a long time. He didn't say that at all. Yeah, he just, yeah. It's a shite. But, but they uh, need a story, you know, from their perspective. Whenever they do it, I'm like, you need something. Nobody's buying, you know, there's a lot of your stocks. They didn't find Nessie, but who knows next time? That's not selling any newspapers. So it's, it's not so. It's got to be no. something big. Shock, horror. I think when that eDNA study came out, I <laughs> I put posted something quite flippant saying <laughs> uh, about the study and then saying, um, at long last, this golden goose has laid a normal egg. but that's in a nutshell yeah that's i was really frustrated with that i mean when they told us they had a this press conference press conference yeah we were all so excited all of us were um and you know there's a few lucky people including steve that got to go to that press conference um and i i I love steve for his reaction to it it Mm. was just it was pitch perfect it was just (laughs) why gather the world press for for something yeah. that we already knew 
Uh, and like yeah. I said, they had to have a story. And well, really yeah, the wheels are in motion, basically. Well, yeah. That's it. And yeah. I think because they created such a fuss about it, they had to come out and say something. So Professor Gemmell's benefactors um, paid for that study. <laughs> would like some attention to the, the the science that was used. That's going to be sold and sold and sold again. You know, and what better than you know something as attractive as Loch Ness to, to, to prove this 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 amazing new form of science. I mean, they can even suck air from an environment out and take eDNA from it, get soil samples. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly how how um, holistic it was, the study. Mm. There were 30 sites. They went to a certain depth. You're not testing the whole lock. They didn't find any otters there. We or know there's otters there. Or seals. Or seals. Seals, you could say, okay, there wasn't seals there at the time, or there were not seals there at the time. Fine. There's otters there all the time. Yeah. Right? There's a population. So the fact that they didn't find them yeah. is kind of perplexing. The, the, the mystery to me was the, you know, it was the 25% that they, they couldn't identify or yeah. um, what's the word? I mean, it doesn't mean it was unidentified. It just may have been unexplainable. It may have been broken. Uh, been, no, I think they were unusable samples. Yeah, but I mean, there was, there was a good yeah. enough there to say, mm, yeah. maybe. Yeah. The, um, it's just, but again, it, it all interlinks with each other because the, 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 I think the, the last sighting we had yeah. from that, oh, that wretched webcam. Yeah. Um, and they tested that site where the account happens and they didn't find it to me again that's just showing how useless that bloody went mm, oh it's awful yeah um, so it was obviously something else but look i'm, I'm sure professional gamers team had other objectives and i'm sure they completed that which yeah. is great which is and, and credit to them um, that, that well i think if they could have found something they they definitely would have told us they would have been yeah. huge news it would have been great for them in fact uh, yeah man they, they, yeah, yeah. Uh, that university in New Zealand would be that would be mm. famous. That would be them, wouldn't it? For the rest They'd of the visiting that place as much as that Hobbit house, that village, <laughs> and everything else. Down the Shire. Oh, <laughs> and see Torto Mordor sometime later in the year. Hop over to New Zealand <laughs> to the Mount Doom. Take a walk to Glasgow. You're pretty much in Mordor there. That's yeah, it. I'm joking. Glasgow. I love oh, Glasgow. God. <laughs> I've never been to Glasgow actually. Been to Edinburgh. Inverness, obviously, and the, the, the little town surrounding, but um, it's on my list. Aberdeen, I think, is a nice place. Aberdeen's all right. There's yeah. Glasgow is nice. Glasgow is a beautiful city, um, and it is incredibly friendly. I know everyone says that, but it genuinely yeah. is. I find it more more friendly than, than than Edinburgh. There's a lot of wankers in Edinburgh. Oh, there's um, I'm a big Billy Connolly fan, you know. So he does a great Edinburgh accent, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> The um, <laughs> I can't do it because I can't do. do oh, I can't even do it. <laughs> yeah, but I oh gosh, really you know, every every place you know every place has that. I just think you know, generally speaking, sometimes there's there's places in the UK, and I try to explain this to my my wife's family and also to many of my American friends when I'm talking to them. Yeah. It's not just that there is sort of seventeen classic, distinguishable regional accents in the UK. As a, between those 17, there's like a hundred more. Yeah, and in the town that I grew up in, 
oh, in the place in Wales I grew up in, there's town six miles away where I can't understand the people and they're speaking in English. <laughs> and there's one six miles from that where they can't understand those guys. That's yeah. what Britain's like all the way through. Yeah. And um, like if you're down with the um, the Scots, you know, the Scots speakers down in Galloway, they've got a really weird accent. They've got that strange oldie English dialect. It's and then bizarre. you get up to the 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 Gallics, you know, at the top, and then and it's just confusing. And if you don't know the the lay of the land, you know, there's, you're there's, lost. there's family members that I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm related, <laughs> and they're from you know right up you know Dunnes way, and yeah, Sky and stuff like that. Um, who used to be Gallic speaking? He doesn't really speak it now. But yeah, yeah, even just in mid conversation, thinking. Yeah, whatever word you just said, then that's local. That's very yeah. local. We haven't got that here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. I used to work like with some Welsh guys like that and just from the valley and just say, yeah, yeah, all yeah. the time. From the valley. From the valley. <laughs> the last. Yeah, yeah. What was that thing you said earlier? Was it, um, was it safe hands? No. Safe and. Andy is my name, so safe and like oh, oh. they always say oh. If you ever watch the Gavin Stacey show, the the big girl, he says oh a lot. That's kind of how they call out to each other. Oh, safe oh. and oh, you safe, bro. Let's say safe, safe guys. Yeah, See, I'm going to go this now. What, feeling safe. <laughs> right, okay. It's we. I like we things like that because Edinburgh we say um, we and a on the end of things, which is oh, okay. Really it's like a. Oh, it was good, eh? It was good, eh? Oh, okay. What's that? Eh? Right. What's that? It's it's a weird thing. But like you say, every region is totally unique from from the name. It is unique. I don't think I like to I've lived in England for quite a while now, and I, I do like it here very very much. I like English people. I administratively, I appreciate Southern England a lot. Coming from a place like Wales, yeah, where there's a different administrative philosophical output <laughs> yeah, no, <okay. laughs> you know yeah, yeah. I think that's one thing that's really good about English and they also sort of they're happy to just kind of leave you alone and not be in your business that's mm-hmm. kind of nice but then also they're not really around if you want to chat mm-hmm. yeah, just yeah. A, like a free chat on the bus with a stranger no strings attached you don't exchange numbers later you just go your, your separate ways and I figured out that it's it's a matter of politeness actually that, that if they talk to you, it's with intention of becoming your friend. Mm-hmm. And so if you talk to them, they're nervous that that's on the cards. Whereas from a Celtic point of view, we could just shoot the breeze on the bus or the train or wherever. And when you get to your stop, you say, anyway, nice to chat to you. And you just leave. Yeah, that's Nobody it. expects the exchange. Absolutely. I, oh, the funniest thing I've ever seen in London, um, about here about three years, I was working weekends. And on the Saturday morning, Early, I was going in with the other sad commuters working on a Saturday <laughs> on a train and a few drunk people from the night before. Yeah. And uh, there was these two Irish lads and they were sitting on like a, a four-seater and there was two commuters, I suppose, sitting facing them. One of the Irish lads was definitely drunk and asleep and the other one had clearly been up all night. And he's sitting there looking at the window and then suddenly he turns around and he says to this lady, hello, my name's Patrick, how do you do? <laughs> and she oh hi hi she's craning her neck at the window and he didn't even notice he talked to her the entire journey and you could see she just wanted it to end he was polite he was nice but yeah. it was 
person making conversation. It was the worst thing that ever happened to her. Yeah, and, um, don't talk to me. When the train got to the station, he said, anyway, nice to talk to you. And just walked off. And she was like, oh, that's it sort of thing. Like, yeah, so she's missed out on that kind of almost that, that rare connection. I say rare connection. Yeah. But I know exactly what you mean. This happened to me just even yesterday. See you walking the dog. Yeah. And we, Kylo, we, we randomly bumped in to this wee old lady. And she was lovely. She was watching a squirrel. Yeah. Um, and she didn't have a dog with her. She was just sitting watching a squirrel. I thought that was really weird. Sorry. That's somebody who needs company. Yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> She's out watching squirrels, hoping a dog walker will happen upon to desperate for conversation. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Nothing. Literally, this is what I've got. It's my conversation piece. Please speak to me. <laughs> this is the best day ever. It's a dog walker. <laughs> I didn't think about that. But... It, um, 25. Alexa, she was absolutely, <laughs> she was such a lovely wee soul. Yeah. Um, and all it took was me to say, hey, how you doing? Yeah. And she joined me for the rest of the walk. Um, I, I didn't ask her. She didn't ask it. It was just yeah. one of these natural things. Um, and we got talking for ages. It's so much so, we actually did two laps. Wow. And she was such a, a lovely nice. old lady. That's really nice, yeah. And it was just one of the most random things. And I, I, I didn't want to say it right off you go. I yeah. think, like you say, I think she was, Yeah. squirrel wasn't communicating. A nice face came along and she thought, okay, and you were the right person. Good, good thing that you were there. Yeah. If that happened in London and you're walking and somebody joined you, they're planning to murder you somewhere along the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're thinking anyway. You're thinking, oh my God. Yeah. Well, my, my sister-in-law stays down in London. Um, I want to say it's like, forgive me here, like, Byfleet or West Byfleet or something. Oh, that's nice. That's in Surrey. That's not far from me. That's I don't know where it is. Um, but e- even in that area, when we were yeah. with my wife were walking out um, and just going for a walk, see, saying hello to people, yeah. just like... Yeah, yeah. Which is bizarre, because if... I don't know if... I'm sure Scotland's not all like this, but I know the areas where I would go walking. If I say hello to someone, like, oh, hey, how you doing? That's fine. Yeah. And off we go. Um, even in Edinburgh City, and especially Glasgow, if you say hello to a random person in Glasgow, you're best mates for life. You know, yeah. those things. But you don't exchange the numbers. No, it's but just a chat. And that's it. I think yeah. everyone just wants to chat up here, which is really good. But don't get me wrong, there's been a couple of times where I've said hello to someone and just get the... Don't there's individuals throughout. But I think as a as a general, it persists. And those those are the pros and cons. That, to me, that's the difference between... Because, you know, there's... Three, let's say there's four. There's four Celtic nations attached to the country. And then there's the, the majority English population. And we're all British, but there's differences throughout. There's a lot more things that are the same between these four Celtic nations in the way they communicate. So when I first went to Ireland, there was a direct line of understanding. Everything I was talking to, the people there, I knew that they understood me yeah. without my subtext, without yeah. having to go into it. And England is just different. They give you your space. They're also polite and nice, and all all the things besides that. But the in the neighbourhood I'm in, which is a bit of a sort of a, I suppose it's we're in the cheap seats in a really posh neighbourhood, basically. So <laughs> in like the tiny house at the end of the, the posh neighbourhood, and um, yeah, if I not my direct neighbours who are really nice, but if I see somebody in the street and they move from the bit, I thank them. My thank you will turn them to stone. You know, like, 
that kind of thing. And You're not used to it almost, isn't it? It's bizarre. It's almost like, why, why are you speaking to me? We're in the street. This is weird. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, dear God. Anyway, pros and cons throughout. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think we should probably wrap up, but I've got to be honest, I've really enjoyed it. I think we should do it again, and hopefully we can get up to the loch in the summer at some point. We should say hi and, and have oh, a without poke about. Question. Without question, absolutely. And again, I, I was going to say something really bad there, and I won't. I stopped myself um, talking about... I'm not going to say I'm curious it. now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Is this going out, this... Yeah, it's all recorded, yeah. Right, okay, so I definitely can't say what I'm going to say Okay, then. we'll say it when I press stop. <laughs> Sorry, audience, you're not going to find out what Alan's going to tell me. It's really terrible <laughs> about different groups and, and populations in Britain. No, no, uh, no. Do you know what? It's fine. I'm just going to say, if, if, if you're ever struggling for accommodation, you know where I am. You, 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 oh, oh, thank you. Oh, yes. No, yeah, thank you. Can be, there can be a pain in the arse. So, but again, if you, that'd be great, Andy. If you wanted to come up, uh, oh yeah, for sure. Do an observation with us. That that would be do a visit anyway. You know, yeah. so um, it's been it's been 2019. It's been a few years. It's been a long yeah. time. Yeah, mm. a lot of things have happened. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me on, Andy. It's been, it's yeah. been really nice. I, love I know it. we've spoken in the past, but only via you know messaging back and forth, but never actually. That's the modern world now. A couple of social media messages and we're buds for life. Um, I was going to say is to anybody watching, anybody listening, check out um, check out Alan's page. How can they find you? What's the address of the page? It's a Facebook page, but it's still is it, is it a website as well. It's still so I'm working on the website still. Um, it's something I'm not very good at. I will admit. Um, I think yeah. there's a guy called I say the, I think a guy Brian, the, a man who who's part of the team. He he was going to help me do it a wee bit off it, and I'll okay. save us a lot for that. If not, I'm I'm almost close to finishing it. Um, but at the minute, we're solely based on the Facebook group, which is Loch Ness Exploration or LNE, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Um, and the email is just Loch Ness Exploration. Dot... Oh, no, it's not. It's, is it? Dot... What, what's my email address, Andy? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay. I sent it to me. I think it's just Loch Ness Exploration at Outlook.com. I run such an unprofessional podcast. I'm terrible. Yes. <laughs> Actually, in the description, the, the sort of the, the bio for the podcast, it says um, a low-brow, low-tech, low-key endeavour. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Okay, so, okay. Loch Ness Exploration at Outlook.com. There we go. That's, That's the your email. I'm telling you your own email. I know. Thank um, you so much, Andy. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Alan, thank you so much. It's been great to have you. Yeah, you too, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers.